Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here it is, our bonus show, uh, the fifth show of May. It's the 31st. I love when you do that. 2022. You're, you're very kind. Yeah. You know, doing these kind of things for the for the folk. So how is your week going? How are things out there in uh, high gas price California? Well, uh, it's high gas price for sure. Uh, seven bucks usually here and there. You can find a place for under six if you really shop around. It's always some off brand. But luckily, California passed the law some years ago. Uh, that required the off-brand uh, gasolines, you know, these mom-and-pop stores that aren't affiliated with a big big, big brand like Standard or Union, uh, required them to put in uh, the right, correct amount of organic detergents into these cheap gasolines so they match up with the, uh, with the organic detergents that all the expensive brands have that they brag about. You know, standard and the rest of them, Chevron, Tecron, F310. Oh, yeah, with Tecron. Oh, with Tecron in it. Yes. So they put, and th these chemicals are fairly similar to one another. And uh, now that they have to put it in the cheap gas, eh, the cheap gas is probably, you know, it's probably as good as the other gas, to be honest about it. Oh, well, things are expensive. I mean, for the boats, they're anywhere from six bucks to seven bucks a gallon now. Diesel's off the charts. Ridiculous how much that is. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a jip. Those of you that are under the age of uh, 30 that are listening, you may not remember a time when actually diesel was less, of, uh, far less. Far less. Far it was less. cheaper than regular. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. About a buck yeah, about cheaper a, say, than regular. A, right. So if, if gas was 220, it was like a dollar 60, dollar yeah. 50. Yeah. Yeah. And that's regular, not the premium. Now right. it's more expensive than premium. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So let me tell you what's going on. It got me a little bit perturbed, peeved, and upset. So it started with the uh, this 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 illness that I have, which I mentioned off air. That doesn't seem yeah, to be COVID. going away. Multiple COVID tests. From yeah, you the keep coming up negative, but you have all the symptoms of COVID, and it's lasting a long time. Mm. It all points to COVID. All points to COVID. Everything's COVID. Um, so I had a test today because I was going to the Bahamas this weekend, which now looks like that's a problem, not the test, but going to the Bahamas because there is a massive storm so seemingly happening. And this trip was moved to earlier in June because of the potential weather. We talked about this last week that this yeah, is hurricane you're season. stuck in a hurricane. Yeah. It can happen. Right. So already the group that I was going with, we all agreed that if we had to, we would stay an extra day. Oh, darn. And um, we'd stay through Monday. But the problem is that Saturday is going to be this horrible rain and winds. So why do I want to be stuck on an island with nothing to do all day besides sit inside of a boat, maybe drink a little, let's say, possibly, maybe, eat a little something, okay, maybe. But if it's raining outside, I mean, you can't do anything. You might as well be at home. Right. And then drinking cheaper, drinking cheaper. Then my car has a very, I have a BMW X5. Okay. Ooh. Love that car. Love that car. I'll and, bet. And uh, it has a quirk. So 
when All you BMWs have corks. This, this, this one particular item, I don't understand it at all. Let's say that I'm in my car driving, just oh, just driving away and doing my little maneuvering. I stop the car, I get out of the car, I close the door, I walk away. Eh, Ten feet or so, the doors automatically lock. Okay, got that? Okay, it happens all the time. You hear a little beep, locks. Getting, you, you, yeah. Now, do you have the, is that one, you don't need a key in the ignition, so you, the key is always in your pocket. Right, the fob is in my pocket. So now, uh, there's a weird thing. The trunk, when you open the trunk, there's two buttons to close it, because God forbid you can close it manually. One's just a close button and one's a lock button. And oddly enough, and I'm not sure what the design theory is behind what it. What is the point of this? When you close it, where it, sometimes when you push the lock button, to close it and lock the car, it doesn't actually close. So you have to push the other button. And randomly, oh I've never figured this out, when you walk away from the car, it doesn't lock. Every once in a while, I'm looking, oh, I must have gone in the trunk again, and I lock the car. Well, tonight, it was very bright outside. I came home. I was doing a few things, having a little dinner before I came back to the studio to do uh, the show. And I get this weird call of a panicked neighbor saying... What's going on? He said, uh, He said, well, uh, there was something going on. I saw some people checking cars and trying to break in. And lo and behold, I saw this backpack in the middle of the street. I said, oh. He said, I open it up and your name's in it. I'm like, what? What do you mean? It wasn't dawning on me at this moment what was going on. So I guess they went in my car in the middle, like 7 o'clock at night when it was bright out, reached across from the front passenger door into the back seat, grabbed my backpack, which I thought at first had my money clip in it, which I sometimes put in there. It was in my front pocket. There was nothing in there but a few cigars, some sunglasses, some other pens and things like that. They pulled it so fast that all that stuff went on the seat and on the ground, and they got nothing. Zippity-doo-dah. Cops came, dusted my car for prints. Good luck. Dusted the car over there. We got a partial silver fusion or something like that but we didn't get the plates from the uh, ring, ring camera. He, was, he knew how to get in front of the car and get behind it so it wouldn't be detected. Oh, this is a sharp operator. Point did they is, break a window? How did no, they get in? It was open. This is that point of my story. Oh, because of the, the, oh, the car was open. Because of that goddamn thought, trunk thing. Oh, that's interesting. Well, what are you going to do? Yep. So, anyway, that's what's going on there. Let's warm it up. Talk about the markets. Big week, big, 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 big week for markets. Up six percent for the week. Going to go over some yeah, of those numbers. Big deal. Everyone's all jacked up about it. Yeah, and and moviegoers are all a flutter. Top Gun tops the box office record for Memorial Day weekend. Yay! And this guy, Tom Cruise, got a big part of that franchise. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Yeah, Monkeypox. Uh, it seems like now everybody's all concerned. Uh, there's something about there was this headline about human to human contact and something else. And now it's in all these state. And now this timeline, I'm not suggesting at all. I'm not that this is like what happened with the, uh, with COVID with, remember, remember at first it was called coronavirus, the coronavirus. And at first it was like, it's not here. It's not going to come here. It's not a big deal. It's going to go away. This is the same progression. I'm not suggesting it's going to get any worse, but it's, this must be a, Pandemic 101, how we inform the public when something happens. You open a book, 
Okay. Well, it's not here yet. Oh, it's here. It's only, it's isolated. It's not going to spread. We've got it contained. It's not going to be a pandemic. It's, you know, I'm just saying there must be some kind of checklist. They go all across and, and bring that to the, the stupid folk like you and me. Yeah, I guess. Could be. All right. Well, we seem to really uh, got you rocking on things. Amazon stock split coming this week. And the retail apocalypse is claiming more inventory is way out of whack. You got to look at some of these numbers we're going to talk about. So last week we talked about the VIX strangely, the week ago, Tuesday, strangely with the market so volatile, right? We talked about how, how is the VIX still under 30 and it was going down. Do you remember that? Yep. So I think that was a bit of a tell. That was in what in what way? Well, uh, if people aren't going out and buying massive amounts of coverage or protection insurance against significant volatility, particularly to the downside, of course, uh, and markets are still swaying pretty dramatically, they're obviously either exhausted and don't need any more full up on it, or don't believe that it's going to continue. They're not buying it. Okay. So, so this happened um, on, what was that? Tuesday we talked about it, right? So Tuesday we talked about it. And meanwhile, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, things start ripping. Thursday, they start ripping. I mean, unbelievable. The S&P 500 was up 6.58% last week. Dow Jones up 6%. NASDAQ 100 up 7.2%. Small caps up 6.5%. And the big moves on the small tech cap names, small cap tech names, unbelievable. 15, 20% all over the place. So uh in into the face, into the into the into the teeth of end of quarter. Clearly, we're seeing some painting the tape. <laughs> Going into the end of the, the month. You know, people are like, well, you know, we, we do our billing at the end of the month. Our statements have to show a balance, whatever that is, at the end of the month. A lot of people don't look at their values till end of month, end of quarter. Um, and, and I think that what went on was, first of all, a little bit of a relief rally that the Fed came out with a few comments that seemed a little bit more, I don't want to say dovish, but let's, and, and, and if there, if, 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 What's what's more intense than a hawk? A vulture, a a, a an eagle, an eagle. eagle, eagle. So they're not. They weren't even being hawkish. They were being eaglish. They they have their, they have their shiny patent leather. Floor shimes directly on the throat of the markets. And somehow last week there was a break in that. I felt it. I saw it. I read it some of the inflation numbers that came out, like the PCE numbers and some of the manufacturing numbers are softening in the, in the, in, in, in the, in the retail softening in uh, real estate. It, it seems to me that there was a significant change towards the middle of the week. And, and just to bring that full back to you and, and to wind this up is maybe that's what was going on with the VIX. Oh, well, that's an interesting uh, roundabout way of explaining it. Yeah, th there was something that was showing. It was a tell. It was a clue. Not yeah. This... Well, you would be you would be in position to spot such a thing. Yeah, it it just seemed a little too pretty, hmm. and we didn't get that 
Because don't forget, once everybody knows something, it's not going to happen. If everybody's predicting the market's going to crash, probably not going to happen. Almost 100% of the right? time. Right, actually. exactly. Yeah. If everybody's talking about capitulation, you got to have the capitulation. You know, you need to be a, do a do a uh, stint on that. Is that uh, uh, oh, what's his name? The Italian comedian dude. Uh, oh, he's funny. With the Italian the, comedian dude. Uh, he, 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 Sebastian Mont Montescello. Don't know him. Uh, Sebastian. Let's see what his name is. It's Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, don't know him. Oh, he's funny. He's always talking about, he, he's like, you know, like, he's, he does this harsh, uh, maybe a Brooklyn Italian accent. He's like, you know, when I grew up, I got to tell you something. My mother, we had two cakes. One was you could eat. The other one was for company. Don't touch that cake until it's for company. There's a whole bit he did about, the, you know, the, the food's for the company. You eat the scraps. I don't know if you had an Italian mother. That's what they do. Anyway, it was like that, the capitulation. You know, you got to have the capitulation. And then you know, this has been talked about to death on CNBC, and I want to strangle them. Because this idea of we have to have capitulation in order to make a bottom, it, I think there's some reasonable concept uh, that they're talking about there, right? That pretty much the last guy's got to throw in the towel and say, I'm done. <laughs> and then the sellers are exhausted. There's nobody else to sell. Everybody else is, is like, okay, I'm holding. I'm not letting go. I'm done. Whatever happens at this that point That would happens. be a classic bottom, yeah. yeah. But it don't have to, it doesn't have to be so pretty and wrapped up in such a nice little bow. So. It seldom is. Yeah. So uh, and just to kind of finish up on the VIX for a moment here, uh, there is a there is a pretty substantial bet that was made last week. There was uh, somebody buying the VIX $150 calls for December 21st expiration. Now, now to put that in perspective, what does that mean? This party has got to be thinking catastrophic event. Because 150 is yeah, it's ridiculous. Is absurd. Yeah, you're never going to see that. It's, in the, it's never hit that high. <laughs> ever. I don't think you can ever hit that. The highest ever been was- Are you sure this wasn't part of an arbitrage of some mm. screwball sort? 150 still seems way out. Like way above what an arb could be. It could be, maybe. But the highest it's ever hit was March 16, 2020 at 82. So that's when the world was plunged into, we're all going to die. And it's going to be slow and painful. Yeah, right? which was a good call at the time, yeah. yeah. And uh, that being the case, and on top of that, it was more than just a war. In a war, you could still operate business, right? I mean, you may have some landmines and some problems and rockets and all that and machine guns, but generally speaking, it, 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 it's localized to certain areas, right? It's not, March 2020 was, you're shutting down all of our businesses. The world economy is shutting down, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah. It's exactly what happened. So therefore you have to think about bankruptcies and problems and all this. And, and, and 82, 82. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. So I don't know what the 150 is all about. Amazon, June 6th, 20 to one stock split. 
Yeah, it's about time they bring their stock down to something reasonable. Yeah, so the price is going to be about 120 which is interesting because you're going to like this. You like when I, when I decipher some interesting factoids. When the price comes down like this, if you had 10 shares now, you're going to have 200 shares afterwards, right? Yep. And it's going to be at about $120 per share approximately. What's interesting that is right now you owning those 10 shares, you could not do any kind of, we'll call it, uh, option strategies against your position. Because options are at a minimum one contract, which controls the equivalent of 100 shares. So if you were wanted to buy Amazon with, let's say, 10 shares, where it is today, it will cost you $25,000. 10 shares will be $25,000. Now, you as an investor may say, well, that's all I can afford. I wish I could do some covered calls against my position to collect some income and premium. Or you may say, you know, I want some downside protection. I'm going to buy a put against my position. Well, if you buy one put, it's equivalent to 100 shares. Price of that is ridiculous because the price is a very expensive stock. Now the price is coming down due to the fact that there's a split. A lot more option traders can get involved in this. And you think they will? Of course they will. Of course they will. My point is this is good for the small investor. This is good for, it could be bad because you can see more manipulation around the name because the share price is down and the ability to uh, utilize the option at a low, much lower cost. If, if you were going to buy an option on a stock price of 2500 and you want to buy 100 of it, it may cost you $30 for the, for the option. May cost you yeah. three now or whatever. Right. So option traders rejoice. There's still hope to get into on Amazon. How about those housing prices? I'm gonna find something. You're not you're you're a little bit uh you're a little dull tonight. Uh am I really? Yeah, you're a little flat. Dull's not the right one. I'm, flat. I'm well, I could be. Yeah. Uh case Schiller pops. Let's talk about that. That's something you can get into. Housing prices are up big. The March S&P, this is out today. The March S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index, unbelievable. 21.2% increase on a year-over-year basis for housing. Hello. <laughs> That's a lot. Wow. That's pretty substantial. I'd say it's something to make your eyes, you had to blink your eyes a few times. Unbelievable. You, this is something you don't, you know. The kind of leverage you have when you buy real estate yeah. Compared to anything else, pretty much anything else, unless you're nuts, um, that's a lot of a lot of money to be made there. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. You had a you had a two hundred thousand dollar house. You're forty grand, five hundred thousand dollar house. You're up what two five hundred thousand? Yeah, in one Boom. year. Yeah, and you can uh, refinance, put that money in your pocket. Yep, put it in the pocket, right in the pocket. So you don't see this that often. Back in uh, 2007, 2008, we saw that kind of move, but it was a much different situation. There was leverage. Now there's leverage, but there was a lot of leverage back then. Everything was everything was leveraged. This time it's different, but the same. The leverage is not with the banks right now. It's, it's, it's more with, well, it's, some of it's with the banks, but uh, individuals and uh, more, more appropriately, investors, you and Adam talked about this on No Agenda, how 
the market is inundated. Yes, these investors are making it terrible for people who actually want to buy a house and live in it. Right, right. It's the equivalent. You know, by the way, I want to point something out. This actually stems from something that Warren Buffett said about five years ago. Well, he says the best investment. He always had this advice: what you should do. Uh, And it's always, you know, at some point you become either the guy you say what people should do, and they all do it, and so everybody makes out. Uh, because you said it, it had nothing to do with the, with the fundamentals. It's just you at that point. Um, you see that phenomenon constantly. Mm-hmm. So he said, now's the time to buy rental properties and people should be buying rental properties and buy them as much as you can and rent them out. And I don't know if you remember that I sure do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and it's and prices started climbing, and then you have all these these speculators coming in. John buys Bay Area houses is one of them. It's not me. It's some guy named John. And this other one, webuyhouses.com. And you want to sell your house if it's a piece of crap, we'll buy it right uh, now. Right. And the West Coast is filled with these ads. So people buying houses left and right. So when you want to buy a place, which we actually we invested in one recently, uh, partnering with my daughter and her boyfriend, and it took us uh, two months to get past the, you know, get to the point where they would accept uh, contingencies and all the rest to get the place. And uh, it wasn't cheap by any means, but we had to bid against these phony balonies that don't want to live in these houses. They just want to buy them and flip them, flip them or, or, or rent them. It's right. terrible, terrible. Yeah. And you have the, and on top of, on top of this, the pure in um, speculator, in uh, outside investor, we're not talking about, and, and just just to, get, to clarify this for everybody, John, we're not talking about like you going against me in this deal. You're maybe right. going against a hedge fund or private equity yeah. or some yeah. kind of they're consortium. Pay top dollar. They'll pay, and the thing is, they're not bargaining. They're paying top dollar, right. which is reason for this number that you're talking about. They're paying, which is jacking things up. They're paying top dollar right off the top. Uh, no contingency, so the house could be falling apart. For all you know, uh, you had to I mean contingencies. If you're buying anyone out there is buying real estate now, uh, on and off again, you have to have these contingencies, right? Uh, otherwise, you don't know what you're getting, and you, you and then the it's all kinds of pitfalls if you don't use them. But these guys, no, none, zero, and so these sellers are just oh great, huh? Unbelievable, and, and then on top of that. On top of the the speculators looking to possibly rent, but more so flip, you have all the Airbnbers. Another whole group of people. It's yes. So if if anybody's been banned in certain parts of the country, but the only people that ban them, uh, which is rare when it does, because they do have a lot of uh, lobbying power. But when they do get banned in some municipalities, let's say, uh, under some circumstance or other. Places like New York City, which they, you know, because they can't collect taxes, so they, you know, hotel taxes, so they make their lives miserable. Uh, it's just it, it's it's a plague. These these guys. I agree. They're like they're like the locusts of real estate. <laughs> so now, what's happening though is we're starting to see some areas saturated. The Hamptons. Now, I know this area pretty well because I went out as a kid. In the summertime to Montauk, I have a trip to Montauk next month or the month after that planned. Uh, friends bought some house for some ridiculous price. I think that my friends paid, you know, whatever price. And it's up probably 30, millions, yeah, 30% in the last year and a half. 
So yeah. the Hamptons. So they made millions, literally. Yeah, yeah truly. The Hamptons is is uh, on the South Fork of Long Island, on the way out to uh, Montauk. Famous Dune Road and Southampton and East Hampton and yeah, it's all Quag the yeah. and all this stuff, right? Or yes, very expensive. What area. you would do as a kid, you're in college, you're maybe first job, you get a bunch of other friends together, you do what's called a share. Let's do a share. So they do a share. It's like maybe. Five thousand back in the day, five thousand for the month, and you all chip in five hundred bucks, and you got ten people living in a house for a yeah, month, and in, usually a pretty nice house. Yeah, real nice on the beach, wherever in, in that area. Well, the rental market in the Hamptons is now all of a sudden facing an unexpected chill because we have all this inventory that's piling up, and prices are coming down. The median price of a rental in the first quarter fell twenty six percent, and. Some well, owners pricing, all- the, the problem is, and this is happening in California left and right. This is why we had to get this property for my daughter. Um, if they want to go out and rent, the pr- rental oh. prices have made it impossible. So everybody's looking to buy. And it's a little piece of sociology that's not being recognized by too many people. I, I can recognize it, is that people who would normally be happy as a clam to rent, 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 Rent here, rent there, move from here to there. They can't afford to rent. Right. <laughs> so they have to buy, which they can't afford either. So they have to have a bunch of people chip in. I, I it's hilarious it's to me. As far as I'm concerned, it's very funny. There was a great series, uh, economic series, that we had for years. They, they discontinued this. We could probably recreate it. But it was the the housing affordability index. And what it showed was... Is it better off to rent or to buy right now? You know, there's there's ways to figure this out. And it's a good uh, index to recreate, yeah, yeah. And, and there's 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 a couple of different ways. Is you know, it's it's the cost factors, the cost of money. So so what happens is in normal circumstances, it's it's not that you know, buying should be a better deal, generally speaking. You know that because you, you, you get the better yeah, long money, term, long term, yeah. So, but not not anymore. I agree with you. But also, what's happening here? We're seeing in the Hamptons um, that that a lot of the renters are starting to slash prices by 30% or more just to get in their properties. And vacationers who used to rent in the Hamptons um, wound up buying in 2020, 2021, which is exactly what you're saying. They said, the hell with this rental bullshit. I'm buying. Yeah, I know. It's creating a, a little interesting flip on Warren Buffett's uh, thesis. Right. But average, it's also jacking the prices. Right. Well, the average the, price uh, in the Hamptons topped two point six million in the first quarter, which was up twenty five percent over the first, uh, over the first over the over the year over year period. Hmm. So, now one more thing about uh, what's going on here with, uh, with 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 the housing market: sharply higher mortgage rates. We know about that. Is you know we we see it right five and a half percent or whatever it was. I just refinanced. Help my daughter refinance. Honestly, in the beginning of this year, two point seven five. Yeah, you got in at the bottom. Yeah, and five point five now. That that's a that's substantial. So it's causing a sudden pullback in home sales, and sellers are now rushing to get in the in. Yeah, you know this 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 pattern, this cycle. You see it. You just see it and see it and see it. You could can't you just for a moment stop, stare into space, and look at the housing cycle, the old. 
things move up, they get out of control, they start getting even worse, and then they start rolling down. All of a sudden, there's a panic. People come into the market, then they can't sell it, and then all of a sudden, they start lowering the prices. You know what I'm talking. Everybody's got a sign in their lawn. Yeah, it's very funny to watch. And what's really the funniest part is people are, uh, when the market really bottoms out, and it's pretty obvious when it does, it doesn't stay down for long. That's one good thing about it. Yep. When it does get down there, you can pick up property left and right, and nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to do it. It's the same thing. You know, everybody wants to buy when the price is high, and they want to sell when the price is low. Every single every single financial transaction that is out there, that's the, the pattern. Yeah. Yep. So now all of a sudden, offers are coming in a lot less. They used to get like 15 offers on most houses. Now they're only getting six. <laughs> six is a lot. Six offers on a house. Unbelievable. Inflation in Europe. Eurozone inflation rose to yet another record high in May, challenging the European Central Bank's view that, well, we're just going to gradually increase, you know, that 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 Christine Lagarde. She's like yes. the she's like the female version of uh what's my man's name? The old speaker of the uh, the old um uh majority leader, Senate Majority Leader McConnell. Uh, she's got that, <laughs> got that same. She's got that that helmet hairdo though that all the elites in oh, Europe yeah. like to wear. Right, she's got the Davos hair. She was the same stylist, the Davos hairstyling group. Uh, but uh, here's the thing: inflation in the 19 country block accelerated to 8.1 percent in May from 7.4 percent April, which beat expectations. And one of the things that's going to happen now is because now they're putting into an oil embargo with your with Russia and prices are going to go through the freaking roof. I don't. Yeah, they're not. Well, they're doing an oil embargo, but they're 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 bypassing the gas yeah. embargo. Yeah. And gas was natural gas down six percent today. Yeah, so so the gas is flowing, and even though they're making they're shaking their you know they're making a big fuss about the oil, they can do without the oil. They can't do without the gas. Right. And the problem with the gas is that that heats your home, right? The the yeah. gas Mostly. is what you. It also powers uh, some of the the factories. The, no power plants. Uh, oh, yeah. So the point is, it's it's for your safety and comfort versus, uh, the um the gas is more for your ability to go and do stuff, right? One is a, 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 one is a safety issue. One is a optional issue. You do not have to drive. No, but you, but you that need oil to not- also makes paint. It makes varnishes. Right. It makes uh, plastics. All the plastics in the world come from oil. I mean, people, they, they take this oil and they think you can just get rid of it. Uh, that's not going to happen. Not you happening. can't have anything. Right. WTI Brent crude on this news moved up dramatically. Uh, this is going to be a phase in on this whole thing, but, but Brent was at $120 a barrel. Yeah. You and I were apoplectic and hysterical back in 2007 when this happened. Yeah, yeah. That's when they were all saying, go 200, 200, 200. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, the average price of the <laughs> pump right now, $4.62. The average. California's a lot higher. Florida's actually not too bad on the on the list, but one year ago, the average three dollars and four cents. So we're talking about a dollar sixty-two, a dollar sixty. We'll call it dollar sixty on three, which then, with quick calculation, fifty percent increase in the cost of gas at the pump in one year. That's a lot, fella. Yep, I agree. So I mean, I filled up my car the other day, and I'm like, oh. Ah, 
$92. Hmm. That's a lot. Now, I know for some people that's not that much, but I thought it was a substantial amount that I don't recall seeing that in the past. Remember when they used to stop at 50 or 30 or 20 automatically and you had to tell them to open it up? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. they, we've never had that out here. But you can't. You never fill up your car. Oh, well, of course. I think I think, I think you can get 100 bucks worth of gas into a, a, just a normal car right. currently. Easy. So this whole inflation thing of Biden met with Powell and uh, big thumbs up. We're going to give him as much space as he needs to, uh, you know, do what he's got to do. I fully support Powell and his inflation fighting, you know, uh, mission. Well, we got to discuss about what's going on once and for all. We have inflation. We do. But supply chain issues are humongous. War, Fed stimulus, stupidity. We know that too. Uh, but what does the future hold? So last week we touched upon this. We saw that Walmart and Target came out with horrible numbers. I was at Walmart, by the way, this weekend. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. It's, it's packed. It's ridiculous. It's packed. 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 Huh. But the big retailers, what they did was there's a combination of panic that they weren't going to be able to get goods in time for pick whatever that is, holidays, summer, whatever it is, right? Whatever the thing is that they were trying. They got leftovers of things that were on hold for a while and consumers changed slightly what they were buying. And all of a sudden, magically, between a variety of different companies, if you calculate this, um, last week there was a report that Inventories rose $44.5 billion for these major companies. Mm. Walmart, Target, uh, I think it was, I think Gap was in there, Dick's Sporting Goods. It's deflationary what's going on. They're going to have to do what they always do in this circumstance. You know what that is, right? Dump inventory? Yeah, they, 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 they discount. Yeah. Especially, they don't want to hold this stuff. The longer no, they, they hold this stuff, you got to. In fact, most of these modern companies have a, a a turn cycle that they have to meet. Yeah, they can't just leave good stuff, which is somewhat annoying because sometimes there's a product or two that would be nice if they had it, but they won't carry it because they can't turn it enough. Mm -hmm. mm. So, what are you going to do? But this is this is deflationary. Now we go from a supply chain issue where we have lack of supply, which is a big issue, and they're trying to fight this and they're trying to do it together. The buyers obviously did a very poor job of whether it was communication, understanding of what was happening, very bad for these companies, right? But uh, this is now turned into, and, and turned this on its, on its head, because we've oversupply now. So we, we, we had a lack of supply, which was a big problem for pricing. This is the equivalent of those numb nuts talking about how lower, I talk about this all the time. I feel like I broke a record. But the, how lower, <laughs> lower gas prices are really good for the consumer. Higher gas uh, prices don't never, affect the consumer. Never. Right. Ever. Supply chain issues, not getting product, raises prices. Just does. Oversupply will reduce prices. Another reason possibly... When everybody figured this out last week, they realized, you know, maybe, maybe 
this is a first sign that what's gone on here is controllable or at least something's happened that the Fed doesn't need to be so aggressive. And maybe yeah. that's why some of the markets did what they did last week. Could be. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. If you want to recognize the fact that you have a deflationary situation at, in play, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's going to have some impact. Right. Now, there's no inflation here. I think I sent you this in an email. Costco's hot dog and drink. Yeah, we, I think we talked about this already once. Well, I found out some further information. Okay. First of all, there was rumors that the hot dog was going to be, uh, the price was going to be increased. No. Not such a thing. That's first no. of all. Second of all, do you know how, what the date that the hot dog for $1.50 and a side drink, a soft drink and a, and, a, and a hot dog, not just a hot, by the way, not just a hot dog. We're talking about a big boy. It's a big hot dog. Oh, yeah, they used to have the cut. You can either get that or a Polish, and then they pulled the Polish for some reason. And so now it's just a hot dog. They're pretty similar the way they're formulated. But uh, I would say 20 years ago. 1985. Okay, 40 years ago. That's unbelievable. I mean, first of all, 40 years ago, $1.50 for a hot dog and a drink seemed probably expensive. No, I don't think so. Well, now it's dirt cheap. I'm going to lunch there tomorrow. I'm just, I'm telling you. Uh, you know, the problem is they don't, at least out here in California, they don't let you, they don't have the squeezy, you know, you can't squirt the mustard anymore. It comes in a little container and you can't grind, you know, there's no sauerkraut. You can't get the sauerkraut. Uh, they've screwed it up, oh. at least around here. What kind of mustard? You have to have sauerkraut on those dogs. Yeah, well, you need something to, to cut through the grease. <laughs> but, but you know, you don't have on the list. You don't have the chicken, the four dollar ninety five cent uh, rotisserie chicken. That's a, I think even a more outrageous Good deal. Point. Good point. Why nobody chicken gets no respect? Let's be honest. It, it's like a, it's just uh, we're having chicken again. Okay. I don't like chicken to be just generally speaking, but I have to say, for a rot well perfectly cooked rotisserie, and I have a, I have a tip for everybody who wants. To, I, I think I've said on the show before, but there's a trick to buying the right one. Oh, because when, when they come start, they, they start picking those chickens up, putting them in a the thing, and they throw them out on the on the whatever it is, little display area where the chicken is. You pick it up and take it to the counter. If the chicken is touching the top of the container, like literally touching it, mm -hmm. pushing up against mm -hmm. it, that's the chicken you want to buy because it's a bigger chicken uh -huh. and it, it will be perfectly cooked. Ah. The ones that are like a mile away from the top, they're small chickens. They're overcooked. They're kind of, they're not nearly as good. You got to get that chicken that's touching the top of the lid. Where else? <laughs> I, I, let me ask you a question. Where else can someone get this kind of information? It's good information. I know. Me. I understand. These little tidbits, these little things that we talk about. I mean, seriously, this is why you should go over to DH Unplugged right now, dhunplugged.com, and go Boom. donate. That's what you should do right now because there is there is yeah, no other place. There is no other place that, that you can that, get this kind of stuff. That tip is worth the donation. Right there, right there. You got a lifetime of, of perfectly cooked chicken right there <laughs> from that one tip. And the funny thing is that when they all start coming out, it's so obvious the ones that are touching the top of the lid because they just they kind of light up. It's like one of those, like an indicator. Right. They're very easy to spot. It's like a Costco hack. <laughs> now, yes, it's a Costco hack. Yeah, it is. Let me tell you, let's uh, move along to uh, my favorite inflation headline that I've seen so far. You ready for this one? There's a headline. I'm ready. Ready? There's a headline. Imagine ready, a headline. Ready. Fish and chip restaurants battered as price yeah. cut into profits. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, 
they never, you know, these 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 Love reporters that. and editors. It's mostly editors that write these headlines which people don't understand completely, but it's a fact. Uh, they just love a pun. Oh, yeah. And when you get really good at Twist producing the these these puns, uh, they'll just they'll crank them out. Yeah, chicken and fish battered. Yep. Uh, the other thing is you're seeing that these fish and chips places are having a difficult time because the palm oil, all that. Here's the thing. The, 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 the price of fish, cod and haddock, are up 75%. Sunflower. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm surprised you can get a good fish and chips at any reasonable price. Terrible. And mushy peas. You like mushy peas? You know, I last time I went to England is actually, believe it or not, the first time I ever had mushy peas, which was about four years ago. It's like a, it's and like a more, it's like a congealed split pea soup. It's 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 peas. Yeah, it's peas. <laughs> That's all it is. Peas. It's regular. You can make mushy peas. I'll give you the quick recipe. You can get some frozen peas, thaw them out. Cook them and boil them a little bit. Just strain them out. Put some butter in there and then smash them together with a fork until they're mushy. There you go. And put some salt and pepper. You got mushy peas. I submit once more. Where else can you get this kind of information? <laughs> this just doesn't happen. That's mushy peas. This doesn't happen. Oh, okay. Moving along. Here we go. Let's see. I have something else. Okay. I have some pictures. These will all be on DH Unplugged. Episode number, uh, what are we at? 608. On dhplug.com. So first of all, I want to kind of bring into you and talk to you, John, about the economic reality of what's going on. These three things, I think, show what's happening. Because there is no doubt in my mind that the economy is going through, we'll call it a soft patch, for lack of a better discussion. I don't think a lot of people feel it right now, not yet. Because if you think about it, you know, even if your house goes down in value by 20%, you're just back to where you were a year ago. Who cares? Right. And a year ago, we thought the prices were ridiculous. And the same right. thing with your portfolio. But what's happening is we're seeing ISM reports start rolling down. Last time we saw this kind of maneuver was um, back in uh, June of 2009. Well, I would say actually October of 2018, we started rolling over, not from as high of a level. Because don't forget, we saw all the post-pandemic money get flushed into the system and things were off like crazy. I mean, things were going like gangbusters after yeah. that. But we're starting to see that slope down from the 70s on the non-manufacturing of the service index down to 50s. Um, not in contraction zone yet. But we're starting to see that creep in there. Then we have the manufacturing condition. See that chart? Now, that chart's a little bit more volatile. And I'll share something else. Uh, economic charts these days are very difficult because you see that giant downstroke there? Yeah, the one from COVID. So if you were to take that out, if you could just take an eraser and take that out, you would have be a, a good way of looking at that chart. I have to agree. You know, it's just, it's very difficult to even see anything that's yeah, going on there. Yeah, take that thing out of there. It's, it's an outlier. You're right. It and, should be, and, it should be removed or it should crunch this. Right, it's, 60 to fact, 60. If you crunch it together yep. and not just take it out, but crunch it together, that, that peak that happened just before COVID kind of matches up with the downturn that, that, you know, it would fit right in there. It's actually a good way of doing it. Yeah. yeah. So this is a problem right now with economic charts. They just screwed. I mean, I can't tell you how many the ranges of the axis are just. No, get rid of this. You're right. Just get rid of this stuff. Get yeah. rid of the outlier. Yeah, it makes no sense exactly. that you're even looking at it. Yep. 
And then finally, I think the one telling thing that came out to, uh, last Friday, this is a one that came out today too, but this is the University of Michigan Confidence Index that came out last Friday. It's yeah. down to 55. Last time it was this low was uh, not on this chart. Back before 2011. So confidence about current conditions and financial uh, outlook are piss poor. This is a big problem. This chart in particular. Because when an individual, you know how this goes in life. When you're not feeling comfortably comfortable financially, you're probably not going to be like, hey, let's go get four pounds of Wagyu today. <laughs> going to get no pounds of Wagyu. Right. When you are feeling very confident, you may say, you know, I need a car. Instead of getting just a, this car, maybe I'll reach a little bit because things are really good. And I'll get the premium package or the upgrade to the four-wheeler drive or whatever, right? Oh, I get a Corvette. Oh, yeah. yeah, branded Corvette. Oh, I can see you in that. So this is a problem because we're starting to see a very significant drop. In fact, when we go back and look at this, just to put this in perspective, Confidence dropped from 100 down to about 70 during the pandemic. Now, if that isn't a confidence buster, I don't know what is. Today, we're sub-60. Yeah. Not good. Um, Apple raising... raising. Uh, well, you've got, you, you point this out, but do you have a rationale? Why are people, except for the gloom and doomsayers, saying, oh, all hell's going to break loose, even though they may or may not, probably won't. Uh, of being affected maybe by the, uh, or maybe they just, it would also kind of just, if you look at this chart, it kind of has a, like a little dipsy do, and then it just kind of goes straight down from just around, around 70, kind of actually right around, even when it was at 85, the day Biden got in office. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's, 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 it's lack of confidence in our current administration. The, the, yeah. It's the, in fact, yeah. this, this chart downturn yeah. matches Biden getting in. I would agree with that. I mean, there is, there is, there is a lack of confidence in the entirety of the administration. Like I'll just take government as a, as a, as a whole piece. We got a war. We got a pandemic in China still raging. We and got inflation. Like we got gas prices. There's, we got there's all not one piece of good news. Out. No, not one. And we're hanging our hats on a dollar fifty hot dog. That's it. You well, know? the four dollar. Don't forget the four dollar chicken. Yeah, and the four dollar chicken with the high top. So um, let's see what I got here. I got a lot of stuff to cover. Got stuff to do. Mm. Eh. I think there's an interesting story. The Fed. Uh, so, so let me just go back to Apple for one second. Apple's raising their. They're doing a big number on increasing compensation. This is the thing, right? Increasing compensation. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you right now, I think everybody should make all the money in the world they want to make and can make. This is going to be a problem because this is not something you can reverse. You can't just say, oh, you know what? We're going to give you a raise. We're going to go from $18 an hour to $22 an hour. Then when times get tough, you're like, you know, let's go back to 18. You know they can't do it. No, they can't be done. Yeah, people walking out. Yep. So what happens? They end up firing. They end up cleaning up and saying, you know what? We're done. And there is a there is a maximum pain threshold to how much companies can pay if they can't and they're unable to pass on those additional pricing issues to, to uh to the consumer. So big problem. Uh Fed. 
It's interesting because that's what maybe the first uh, uh, chink in the armor of Apple. Yeah, I don't, I don't, they're going to start raising, raising uh, comp across the board uh, and they've already done so to retain talent and all the other things that they do to to get this done. I I just find this is, it's a real problem long-term. Again, people should make more money, but you start doing a wholesale increase across the board for everybody that works at Apple, et cetera, maybe because they're trying to stop them from unionizing, maybe? Because that is going on. There's no rumors around here about unionizing Apple. Really? Not that I've heard. I've heard some stuff about, you know, they're talking about it, you know, and the, 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 I know Amazon's at the top of the yeah. list for being unionized, but I don't know. The Fed, I want to talk about this. This is pretty interesting because, you know, I, I rail against the Fed all the time, but here's something. The Federal Reserve is now carrying over $330 billion in unrealized losses of its holdings. See, they bought these treasuries when rates were very low. And, uh, you know, they created money out of thin air, bought these treasuries. They were yielding, I don't know, let's say less than 1%. And now all of a sudden, between that and the mortgage-backed securities that they own, as rates are going higher, the value of their bonds go down. Now, that we know something about the Fed. And we know that the Fed has a time frame of infinity. You and I have time frames much shorter. Yes, to say the least. So they can hold on forever. They don't care. Now, according to the Fed's first quarter financial statement, the Fed's $2.7 trillion that they hold in mortgage-backed securities has declined on fair market value um, by $164 billion. $164 billion. And that's in in light of the fact that these properties have all gone up 21% in the last 12 months, whatever it is. But they only hold the paper. So they'll hold, they'll only, they only they they bought the MBS they bought the mortgage backed securities and because those mortgage backed securities they have are at a two point seven three percent rate and now the current rates are at five who the hell wants a two point seven or three percent deal? And they should refinance. If they refinance, <laughs> well they could they could just cut money out of out of thin air I guess. So yeah, the pro- there you go, boom. The problem is that profits usually the Fed remits to the Treasury, and what's uh. happening that that profit is now down or said another way, a loss. And this is a big problem for the Fed because they're stuck needing to raise interest rates, realizing that their profits is going to be cut and not yeah, by be able their to own admit- interest rates. Correct. <laughs> yeah, no, this has always been the problem, John. The problem has always been if I said to you, John, you know, uh, uh, you're in charge of your own mortgage, but you know the right thing is to raise the mortgage amount because of whatever. You're not going to do it to yourself, though. No. So the Fed has always been stuck in this, praying that this would all work out magically. So, uh, I've decided money in politics should not mix. That is a stupid comment, but it goes to the discussion about the UK finance minister, Rishi Sunak. He's now imposing a windfall tax on oil and gas companies as the government is trying to alleviate the country's worsening cost of living problem. So you put on these companies that are doing their best to provide for, and during bad times, it wasn't like, hello, here's some extra money because you're not doing well. But when you do well, we're going to confiscate. And then the money is going to be used to ease the pain at the pump. So therefore, therefore, if there's... um, Let's just go with a $4 per gallon, which is too high. Maybe the government's going to do a 50-cent cut 
by utilizing the profits from the oil and gas companies, thereby not destroying any demand and essentially keeping the demand high that will not lead to less use, therefore supply-demand curve, and prices will not come down. Wow. Good luck. So stupid. It's like Forrest Gump would be saying something about these people. Something, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stupid is what stupid does. Yeah, most of these people have no experience in business or the Terrible. real world. Let's face it. They're Terrible. all born and bureaucrats. Finally, Russia is fighting back. This, this is something. This is something you need to bring up to Adam to talk about too to, to, to flush this out. Because here's what's the latest. Russia is now advancing a new law. And the law is going to basically allow Russia to take control of uh, the local businesses of Western companies that decide to leave. So, okay. So, uh, by the way, it's funny you bring this up because I, I kind of expected it. McDonald's says they're going to yeah. pull out, even though there's no evidence of it in Russia. But okay, say say they all pull out, or they're maybe just talking a big game to the investors. But let's say they do. They pull out and they leave what what they leave behind. They're not going to take the kitchen sink with them. Right. No. Right. They leave a. So they're going to leave a facility, mm -hmm. a full facility with a stove and a and a counters and cash registers, and they're not taking any of that stuff. Let's face this: what well, we had the, with Afghanistan, we would have taken some of the our eighty billion dollars worth of armaments right. that we left, and so that's what's going to happen. So yeah, I would take over these places too. Well, they have the new McKGB sandwich and the new McBorscht. <laughs> I like McKGB. <laughs> so now with the, but here, here, let's take this to its full um, conclusion. So Russia says, okay, uh, we have now the right to intervene where there was a threat to local jobs or industry and it's going to make it very difficult for Western companies to disentangle themselves somehow. But if this happens and then the companies are out because then they are basically confiscated, right? No foreign company is going to ever go back to Russia. There will never be a brand new industry going to Russia if on the books during a particular time in history, Russia said, you know what? Screw you. You want out? We're taking over your business. Now, I don't know where they get the supplies, the things, the McDonald's, the Starbucks. I don't know. You can copy the supply chain, but nobody's going to enter. Why now? Let's just look at this logically. I don't. I disagree with you. Why? Because if they leave, say McDonald's leaves, I think it got four hundred to eight hundred stores there. I can't remember the exact number, but I know it's at least four hundred. It could be more. Uh, they 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 pull up their stakes and abandon the four hundred stores, or they're going to maintain property ownership through some mechanism. Yeah. Which means they didn't really leave. Right. But if they abandon the place and you, then you put some other guy in there, you put in Boris and he goes in there and runs the places of, you know, Boris's burgers. Right. Uh, what, what's, what is, what's the complaint that McDonald's can make? I guess if they abandon their building and abandon the franchise and abandon everything there. And uh, I, I guess they, they can't, but. If they make I would say this one possibility, because we could have done this in Afghanistan, although Biden couldn't think of this kind of thing. McDonald's can pull up stakes and then auction off the remaining the stores to the highest bit, local bidder. And then they can, re, you know, reestablish some sort of a either a, 
individual store or a mini franchise, or there's a million things you can do. That but if, could, my, that if, if McDonald's is going to be supplying them of that stuff, they're still working in that. No, area. no, I'm, no. I'm just talking about them dumping the the properties with the with the kitchen equipment, and all the rest of it, and, and auctioning it to the highest bidder, which could be pretty low, and just to get some cash out of there as they leave. And right. uh, you're stuck with your own supply chain issues. Right. Right. I, I mean, there are, you know companies in Russia, there's not like a backwater that can do all the stuff that McDonald's does. Of course. I mean, but, but again, it, 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 what if they do something totally different and make it, I don't know how they make it difficult for companies to, to leave. Maybe they put a law and says, if you leave, you're going to have to pay us, you know, 30 years worth of revenue. And then they're tied up in courts. Well, that's not going to happen. I don't know. But it's, it's just, something's weird about it. Something's weird. Let's get to the stocks. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Why don't you take the list, sir? Okay, well, we've got uh, my FVC Bank Corp, which has been a, a mainstay of the show, is back up over 100% gain. I have a question Mitch. about that one. Can I ask you something? Yeah, sure. It's it's vacillated between about uh, plus 95 to 105, let's call it, right? Yeah, something like that. Hasn't moved in the last several months. Yeah. Same. Well, it, it wasn't moving when it was down to 10 bucks a share. That's when I picked it up. Right. So I and I picked it up with its no it looked looking at the chart and it showed that it wasn't moving much, but it was I think that was a descending, yeah, it was descending triangle. And it was stuck down there at 10. I said, Well, it's got to go up. It's not gonna go down. And because I think the book value is worth more than that. So it's gonna go up eventually. And it has kind of now it's stuck at 20. It might go up again. Hmm. Uh I don't know. I'm not I, anyway. We, then we got this uh, spider gold trust, which is losing some money there. Uh, Kellogg's up Hudson ex executive in investment is barely up. That's my dead cat bounce. Liberty media is down insight is barely up. It's a Baker brothers play. It's still probably a good idea. A uh, Korea fund in Cuba, both of these, uh, foreign investment operations are kind of, uh, kind of down, uh, Cuba's down 5.4%. That's kind of low Tesla, which is, uh, your, uh, I think, I believe it's your last week, one week ago. Yeah, yeah you're up 21 percent in a one week pick, and on in Siga, which I think was your pick too, isn't it? Yeah, it's a monkeypox. Monkeypox pick. It, it got bounced, but you were up 32 percent before it did. So that was a great pick. It still is. And my, I got lucky. I got Snap is yeah. up. Yeah, Dead Cat. I believe that's a Dead Cat bounce. And uh, Travada Health is up. And that's an insider's thing. And I got one today. Yes, go ahead. Which is, <laughs> this is a descending triangle. I would call it a, a penny stock speculation. It's a shell company. Oh. Digital World Acquisition Corporation. W. Hold on a second. Uh, I'm sorry. D. I know all about this. You know all about this too when I tell you what it is. That's, that's Trump's spec. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's make sure you have that. So I think I didn't I bid in on this some time ago. Yeah, some, Let's see what One of the spinoffs. So yeah, it right looks here. like you. Uh, it was on three nine. It looks like it. it in reality, the stock looks like a. What's a good word? What's a good uh, technical term? Turd. It looks like a turd, but it has, if it, you know, if this thing, this thing could skyrocket. It could be the best stock ever. (laughs) (laughs) 608. Yeah. So this is, there's a lot of what's going on with this stock is about what's happening with Twitter because uh, is is Trump going to be allowed back on Twitter? Is uh, this going to be really true? Is true social, they call it. That's yeah, the name of, the, of their of their Twitter esque style of uh, social media. Yeah, it's a Mastodon instance. Yeah, basically, and uh, you know, not a lot of creativity involved there. But so, uh, what was your what was your thesis on this? Uh, the, the descending triangle. If you look at the chart, this thing has a very firm base, and it's I mean, it's like rock solid, and it is around. Uh, I'm looking. It's around. 10.05. That's my, that's yeah, what that's, I that's think. Yeah, that's because, that, just to give you something as a point here, yes, of course that's the case I would have to say to you. This is why. SPACs come out at $10 per share. Before they're yeah. spacked out, what happens is uh, they stay at $10 a share. Once the announcement comes that there's some deal they're going to do, it trades accordingly, whatever that means, right? Well, it, this is- And yeah. it went up to 140, right? Didn't it go to 140? Something like that. Now, here's, here's the thing. I don't know that, oh. but you just told me. I believe it's true, but I'm just looking at the chart. I'm this is pure chart play. Go look at a chart. Go look at the SPCE. Look at a chart of SPCE. All right, I will. I want you to see that ten dollar again. You'll see it again. I'm going back, maybe a little further. SPCE chart. Well. What am I looking at here? Should be SPC. Virgin Galactic yep. Holdings. Yes. Yeah. Come to you. It's at 701. It's way I, below 10. I, I understand that, but I'm saying look at for the look for the ten dollars. Oh yeah. No, it's it's there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 It was 1099 and it started bouncing all over the damn right. place. Actually, that might not be a bad. <laughs> well, the problem is, I mean, Richard Branson yeah. and uh Chamath Palihapitiya pulled out of this deal. Oh, these oh, guys. Branson pulled out. He pulled out a lot of his money. Yeah. Oh, well, then the thing's dog. Right. That's why nobody, you know, that's nobody wants to deal with it anymore. They lied. They lied. All right. We're going to wrap it up. That's about it All for right. this week. All right. And I will see you again right. next week. Okay. That's right, it. Adios. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint, I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care, no millionaire can give me the icy stare, cause I got a dollar, my last dollar bill. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered 
or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.